justice, you're afraid that if your invention doesn't succeed, you're going to look like a fool so you don't take action. There's people listening to this conversation right now that are having that dialogue right now. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I'm stoked you've decided to join me on this journey to bring about a massive and positive change in the lives of others. Every week, you're going to join me behind closed doors, where I will introduce you to entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators from a variety of industries to learn how their contributions are impacting the lives of others and how they are having a game-changing impact in the world. Thanks for investing your time with me today. Now, Brace for Impact. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show, everybody. I am super excited to have you on this episode. And this week, the tables are turned. We just concluded the sixth part in our Champions Mindset series, And immediately prior to the Champions Mindset Series, we had the Small Town Entrepreneur Series, which included my good friend, Justice Earl, entrepreneur and inventor of HandSnap. And at the end of our conversation, he suggested to me that it might be fun to have the microphone turned on me and have somebody interview me. So I said, you know what, Justice? Your idea, you're the man. Let's do it. And so here we are. So today on the Impact Entrepreneur Show, the tables are turned. And I'd like to welcome your host for the week, Justice Earl, interviewing yours truly, Mike Flynn. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show, Michael J. Flynn. We're so excited to have you today. I am pumped to be here. Thanks, Justice. (laughs) So I came up with this idea after thinking about what a great job you've been doing with the show. Uh, The level of people that you've had on this show is is very high caliber and your level of preparedness uh, reading their books and in uh, watching their you know interviews or even going some of them you've seen them speak before just your level of your, your rapport with these speakers has been next level it's been very impressive to me you, you watch a lot of interviewers and they'll ask boring questions or just stuff that shows that they're not very engaged but you're very engaged with every single one of your guests so I was thinking I'm like Mike is going to be a genius before too long <laughs> And we're going to have to interview him to to pull some of these nuggets out of his head. Well, that is a a huge compliment, uh, Justice. I really appreciate it. It's really an honor to do these interviews. I'm like in the classroom with each one of my guests myself and learning a tremendous amount. And I've, I've had, I had no idea the impact that each of these guests would have on myself, let alone the people that tune into the show every week. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I've been, uh, you know, listener since day one. You were in uh, our mastermind. You you told us that you're going to do this podcast, and we're waiting for it. And I've listened to every single episode since day one. You know, in the first one, as a friend, I'm like, okay, we'll see what you know my buddy's doing, what he's launching here. I'm just going to be supportive, no matter how bad or how good. And uh, you know, I've been really impressed and just really excited and in, in telling everybody about it. I mean, you've had gold medalist, NFL Super Bowl. New York Times bestsellers, big wave surfers, Navy SEALs, the guy that went blind at the top of Everest and like fumbled his way down. Yeah. You know, you, Brian the, Dickinson. The stories you've had on here have been so gripping, um, all walks of life, and it's just been so rad. So, just a, a plug for your show. You've been doing such a good job. Every single one of your, your people on here has been uh, super inspiring. And my personal favorite, Cameron Harold, um, just thinking outside the box about, you know, ADD and depression and, and manic depressive and like all these things and how so much of that ties into the life of an entrepreneur, the life of um, somebody who's striving for greatness. Kind of just, you've had so many people on here that breaks the mold of how you see success or perfection and kind of unpacks that. Yeah, you know, the typical entrepreneurial kind of buzz in the world right now is is all about like the fame side of things and the end result. And you don't really hear too much what the people are doing or how they're using their platform to have a game-changing impact and why they're doing what they're doing. And so that's really the 
core purpose of the show is to draw that out of people and to find out how they're using their platform to have that impact in the world. And as we'll talk about in a little while, there's, there's all kinds of commonalities that these people share. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's open up the show. Everybody, the listeners know we're opening up the show with the first question. Boxers or boxer briefs, Mike? (laughs) Just kidding. It's not the 90s. We all know that we wear boxer briefs. Now, the first question is truly, if you were a superhero or what superpowers would you have? I I actually thought about this a a lot, and I, I would choose the gift of healing. And there are so many hurt people in the world, myself included. I've got my own wounds and and disappointments, and and so I would I would choose the gift of healing. I'd like to be able to to know, and I guess it's also the gift of healing that that is preceded by the gift of knowledge. If I can have two, since I'm an overachiever, I would I would have the the gift of knowledge so that I can know exactly what is preventing that individual from realizing his or her full potential as a human being. And then I would go in there and I would, by the grace of God, help heal that person so that they can achieve their greatness. And I think that's one of the reasons why I also started my podcast, you know, is because I think that we all crave knowledge and we all recognize that we have greatness within us and we were born to do great things. We were not born to be mediocre people. And, and I think that through the process of interviewing these people, asking them questions and learning about their stories, I hope that it brings healing uh, to some people. It, it equips them with knowledge that they can overcome huge setbacks and that with that knowledge, It might give them a little bit more courage to take the next best step toward realizing their full potential. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's exactly what you're doing with your show. I mean, with people, you know, the struggles that have been shared on the show and people just being so transparent with you, I think that brings a lot of healing to the listeners uh, because they relate to them and they feel like they're not going through this struggle on their own. And then combining that with knowledge, you know, a lot of these guys have amazing wisdom, amazing things that they've learned. You know, Cameron Harold built $300 million companies, you know, just practical knowledge combined with that, that healing and that, um, you know, those, those reflection moments. You are doing those things through your podcast right now. So I guess, so the next question is why podcast? What, what got you inspired to do a podcast? So I, I wanted to do this because, uh, you know, in my business that that I'm that I run with my family, which is a financial planning business, we have a significant impact on kind of a one to one scale with with our clients. And I have this like burning desire in me. It's like it's like I'm it's stuck in me sometimes. You know, I want to have this this big impact in the world because I am getting in touch. I'm not completely in touch, but I am getting in touch with my potential. And then I am not only have the ability to live to a higher potential, but I am called to live to a higher potential. And one of the ways that I could do this was through the podcast. And a good buddy of mine named Dane invited me a few years ago to go to something called Experts Academy with a guy named Brendan Bouchard who's a really well-known high-performance trainer. Probably, he's like one of the best in the world. And so I went as his guest, and I was so inspired by all of these people that I was, there was a 1,000 people in the room. And it really created an opportunity for me to ponder and think about what I might do, how I might build a platform to have this impact, to live to my potential, and so I went to this thing. It was like four or five days, and it was super awesome and great. And then I came back, and I did nothing with it. <laughs> typical, typical, you know, rooftop experience. Pretty much. And then December 2015, I, I said enough is enough. You know, I'm, I, I'm helping my clients with their goal planning and getting – and I'm not taking care of myself. It's the same thing like with every – industry. You have health coaches that 
are really great at taking care of their their clients, but they don't take great care of themselves. You have, you know, shoemakers who don't make their own shoes, et cetera. You know, there's that old saying, the, the cobbler with no shoes or whatever. And I was at that point and I'm like, I need to take control over this. I need to design what I'm doing and, and, and put pen to paper and make it happen. But I didn't really know exactly how to do that. And there's a guy named Michael Hyatt who has a podcast called This Is Your Life. He's one of the first podcasts I listened to and I read his blog. And he had a program called Best Year Ever, um, which by the time this airs, it will the open enrollment to that program will, will have closed. But if you didn't sign up, you can sign up next year for uh, 2018. And it's a phenomenal program. And I, I laid out these goals, several goals, one of which was to start this podcast by April of 2016. And, and as soon as I put that pen to paper and committed to it and put a deadline to it, I started taking action steps little by little to, to get it done and to make it happen. You know, if my mom were in the room, she would tell you that when I have a goal, I'm a bulldog and I, I don't stop. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's not a good thing. If you're going towards a terrible goal. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that's another, that's a great question is like, you know, you're, you're, you're setting goals and you have something to work towards, you know, how do you personally discern whether you're working towards a cool goal or it's uh, you know, a waste of time? One of the early guests I had on the show is a guy named Bob Berg who wrote a book called The Go-Giver. And I didn't, realize this until I interviewed him and actually until I interviewed a guy named Anthony Ian Arino right bef- before him. And, and what they talked about was being other oriented. And that is actually the most important way to measure whether your goals are appropriately aligned to what you're really trying to accomplish. Because if it's a good goal, even if it's to get fit, that's not about you entirely. You want to get fit because you want to be able to give your best to your spouse, to your kids, to your coworkers, to whomever it might be. So even if you're not consciously aware of it, really your desire to, to get fit, to lose weight, whatever it might be, is not entirely because of you. It's because of others. And to get, eliminate debt, it's not because of you. It's because of others. So if you if you have the proper orientation and thinking about the impact that your goals would ha- will have in someone else's life and you're still willing to do it that is how you should measure whether a goal is an appropriate one cool yeah and i know that you bring that same attitude towards your financial business as well you know your your motto is taking the fear out of finances and i think that's for someone you know who doesn't like numbers and finances, you know, that's very comforting to me. And I know you, you bring that to your customers and you're always looking to uh, serve whether, you know, on your podcast or in your, in your daily life. But let's, let's jump into that for a second. So you do, you are a financial coach. Uh, You added the, you know, podcast life on top of that life. You've got four kids, you've got a wife, you've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, How is this, you know, adding another hustle to your life, the podcast, uh, how has that affected your wife and your family? It's definitely been a, a, a change that everybody's taken note of. Um, my spouse, my self, my kids, because uh, they it's not necessarily because of the time, but because they hear me on the on the radio uh, from time to time, and then you know my my partners in my business here, and you know initially there was a, a lot of concern about like whether how, how am I going to balance things, how am I going to keep my focus, you know how am I going to structure my time and make sure I'm not getting my priorities out of line, right? And it's it, it's not been 100%. I'll tell you that I'll tell you this to be completely honest. It's it's it, sometimes it's been a challenge to because I get so pumped about what's coming up on the podcast that I do lose a little bit of focus on the business. But one of the ways I've protected myself that was, you know, early on 
where I was getting distracted and couldn't kind of bouncing around my schedule, doing interviews throughout the week is I, I batch my time, you know, using time management skills that I've learned from some of these guests on my podcast. You know, uh, I initially, when I started the podcast, I'm like, Oh, cool. I'm going to get a mic. I'm going to plug it into my computer. I've got Skype. It's free. I'll have the interview and then boom, it's done. Right? No, there's a lot of work that goes into this thing. There's editing, you know? And so I realized early on that number one, I am not an editor. I am not an audio person. I have great conversations. I enjoy building rapport and relationships with others and everything else I need to outsource. And so I have a team behind me that takes hours of what would be hours of my time and they're able to do in minutes. Uh, and, and they're, they're the podcast masters that I, I talk about at the end of every episode. And they are a huge reason why I'm able to do this podcast. The other thing is I only do as, as often as I possibly can. I only do interviews on Mondays or Fridays in the morning. Or if I'm going to do an interview like we're doing right now, it's 630 at night, you know, business hours are over. And so there is some sacrifice, but I plan it around. And I, Daniel Pink, the author of Drive, which is a great book if you haven't read, about, read it, talks about 20% time. And so 80% of the time, I am focused on my core activities that generate revenue and make things happen, put food on the table for my family and gas in our cars um, because we don't have Teslas yet, okay? But that 20% time, I am able to create in a way that I am that I'm so passionate about and I'm willing to to suffer for. I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of what would be free time at home uh, for the benefit of creating this legacy. Because here's the thing that my wife told me. She said something that was comforting to her about the podcast and and the time that we were apart from each other while I'm doing the podcast, especially if it's at nighttime, like we're doing right now, is that if something ever happened to me, tragically, my kids have 40 hours of me and other amazing people sharing wisdom about life and adversity and grit that will live on in perpetuity. And that is an amazing gift to give them. And so that is honestly one of the things that drives me today. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's powerful. And, and even, you know, not to go to that sort of extreme, um, but you can just, in lieu of parenting, kind of just turn on a podcast and just. <laughs> <laughs> Here, kids, listen, listen to what Cameron Harold has to say. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, that's something that, you, you know, just like you're saying earlier that I resonate so much with, we all have this sense of greatness that's just kind of longing to get out. And that looks a little bit different for everybody. And when we're going through our, uh, you know, nine to five grind or we're in school or we're doing something maybe that we don't absolutely love, we think about those things like, oh, what if, what if? And, you know, I, I was on your uh, small town entrepreneur series and, you know, you're exhorting people through that series to say, you know, it doesn't matter uh, where you came from or your, your surroundings, your environment, but just go out and do something, launch that thing, just start that, that thing in motion. And I think for, you know, I don't, I don't have kids, so I, I definitely, uh, you know, have high praise for people that do have kids and do jump headlong into these projects and, 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 you know, try and get their entrepreneurial ventures off the ground and all this sort of thing. So, um, just kind of practically walking through, all these things, you know, is enough to shy people away from pursuing something. Right. Uh, you know, so I just, I, I wanted to ask that question and kind of dig deeper into your family life um, just to, uh, you know, assure other people and just to kind of help help people think about their process and, and that the world's not going to fall apart. And in reality, if we've learned from your show, often, most often the world gets better as you become a better version of yourself. Yeah. You know, the, and I just want to, I think it's important to say that there, there aren't any free lunches. And while I don't necessarily agree with Gary Vaynerchuk's idea of, you know, working 21 hours and, you know, just grinding it out and like, you know, I mean, 
When was the last time you went to a steakhouse and, and ordered yourself a piece of well-done filet mignon and that came out like a hockey puck? You were like, you couldn't eat it. You had to send it back, right? And there are some entrepreneurs that go too far. They cross the line. They get burnt out. They end up like that overcooked steak. Nobody wants it. They send it back. And so the moment that I cross the line and my relationships begin to suffer and I'm stealing from them is the day that this stops because nothing is more important to me than my relationship with my wife and my relationship with my kids. And that means that I have to get up earlier, that I have to optimize my time, that I have to make sure that I'm being present to them, that I'm not, you know, screwing around on Facebook on my phone while they're at home trying to get my attention. I'm not perfect at that. Okay. But I do work hard at it. And it is a sacrifice that I'm willing to make to get up early, stay up late to get things done. Yeah. I've heard it said that uh, discipline is the one virtue by which all others grow. So yeah. just, just like you're talking about, you know, it's like you want to see something happen and you're putting in the effort to make it happen because the alternative is that nothing happens and things stay the right. same. You know, I mean, Jocko, who was a uh, guest on the episode 25, the first guest in the leadership series, he has a great, very powerful quote that's actually featured in Tim Ferriss's new book, Tools of the Titans, which is discipline equals freedom. Mm. So true in every area. He's a Navy SEAL, so that's par for the course. Very intimidating (laughs) fellow. Great guy, though. Great guy. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur told you to call. So that so that that's another question I had for you. Who, who is your most? Who is the the guest that you were most nervous interviewing? I was most in, nervous to interview Jocko. That that was my guess. That's why I yeah. segued there for a second. Uh, and the reason is because there's there's a couple of reasons. First and foremost, I come from a military family, and I have the utmost respect to for all men and women who have volunteered and served for our country. And so I wanted to make sure that I was honoring him and mm-hmm. honoring his time. He's an incredibly busy person. Yeah, totally. And I wanted to make sure that our show shined a light on him and and that we did Jocko and Leif and all of their brothers in the SEAL teams justice on the show. I was also intimidated because... It took us a really long time to book that interview and to get it done. And so there was like this anxiety that just the kind build of up. the build up, you know, <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that I did enough prep and then I asked good questions. And then I was also intimidated because, you know, he could rip me in half <laughs> in two seconds. I mean, the guy's the guy could a total, make you disappear if things didn't go the guy's well. A, the guy's a total warrior and, and, and uh, you know, a, a black belt and. Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, yeah. and but he's a he's an incredible leader and a, his a sense of hu- his sense of humility on uh on your show was just was unreal. Yeah. Like his sense of like unity and team, you know, efforts and just like it's not about me, it's about the mission and you know, being a leader and servant pe- serving people was was absolutely the sort of the contrast that you would experience from or expect from like a G.I. Joe character, you know, somebody like a movie star or right. whatever. It's like yeah, real, you know, very I mean, the, real. It's, it's really, it's authentic. And it's his message of extreme ownership of owning yep. every aspect yep. of your life is so critical today. I mean, we, we live in a, in a world where we have such immediate gratification and things come quote unquote easy and you can, you know, 
put make coffee in a little cup. I mean, you know, we live in a very a very gigantic bubble, and we don't. Many of us who haven't been overseas and been to some of these third world countries, war torn areas, have never seen how hard it is to be other places, and we've never seen loved ones die tragically, you know, and 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 we've never fought for something, you know. For most of us, even if we come from a humble place, most of what we have has been given to us, you know, uh, and and we haven't had to go work for it necessarily. And so along with that comes a certain sense of entitlement that makes people lazy. And I'm I'm lumping myself in there too. Yeah, if you're too if you're too comfortable, you're not motivated to to push through, to change, Absolutely. to do something yeah, different. Absolutely. So back to the back to the family question for a second. Are you familiar with the startup or the the podcast called Startup? Yeah, I just asked Alex to be on the show. I'm waiting to hear back. Okay. <laughs> Alex is that's such a fun show and, you know, Part of why it's so fun is because it's so transparent and Alex is willing to, you know, look silly and hit the first episode. He's interviewing Chris Saka and totally just bumbles it, you know, <laughs> uh, super fun. But one of the other things that, that I love and I'm sure most my wife and most most listeners love is uh, his wife's transparency on the show. You know, and he's like, you know, the one episode he's like. Uh, you know, this is really tough. Is our marriage going to make it? And and it's just like a dead silence. He's like, wow, that was a much <laughs> longer silence than I anticipated. <laughs> and she's just still silent, you know, and he's like, okay, this is going on way too long, you know? So what is what has been your wife's sort of uh, response to you initially saying, babe, I want to I want to try this thing to babe, I'm starting this thing to now it's like up and running and you've got all these legends on your show. Like what are those three periods? Yeah. So there was about 12 hours between the first and the second period where I said, babe, I want to try this thing and babe, I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> nice. That happened a lot faster than she was ready for. <laughs> that was her impact moment. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was her impact moment for sure. And, um, but like I said, you know, when, when I put my mind to something, I, I go get it. And, and, you know, we, we talked about it and she was, uh, she was supportive. She's been supportive since, since the beginning, since day one. And she's become a huge fan of the show and as she should be (laughs) and has learned, has, you know, shared with me even last night that she's learned a tremendous amount just about herself and her own thought process. And it's, positively impacted our marriage because it has caused us to talk about things that we might not otherwise talk about in terms of mindset and adversity and overcoming obstacles and dreams and visions. And what do you want to become with your life? And, you know, it's just led to so many amazing things. So she's a huge fan of the show at this point. I love it. That's awesome. So I feel like the definition of success has changed over uh, you know, the years I see you have a book in your office here called Success. And, you know, Tim Ferriss, for me, Tim Ferriss really sort of, uh, you know, elucidated that in the four hour work week. He talks about success being your definition of uh, of success. You know, in, in olden days, people would work 80 to 100 hours to make the, you know, I remember reading John Grisham books where they'd, he'd work forever for this law firm so that one day he could become partner and just kind of this old mentality of what successful means versus a modern day mentality of what successful means. So what is your uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a mic for a minute, ask you a bunch of rapid fire questions. What is your version of success? What does it mean to you? And what do you think has caused that definition of success to change over time? Not yours personally, but kind of more of a societal yeah, one. So I'm reading a, another, one of the byproducts of doing this podcast, you alluded to it earlier in the show is, um, I read a lot. Uh, I read a lot about uh, my upcoming guests, guests that I'd like to have on the show. I'm doing a series on happiness. Um, so I'm reading a book on happiness right now called The Happiness Advantage uh, by Sean Aker. And it's a phenomenal book. And it talks about the the kind of emergence of positive psychology as it relates to uh, our mindset. 
And the traditional definition of success or happiness was, you know, once I'm successful, then I'll be happy. Once I have that corner office and that big house and that fancy car and that smoking hot wife and those 2.5 kids and $100,000 in the bank and this and that and the next thing, then I'll be happy. That's the traditional version of success and happiness. That never settled with me. Never, never settled with me. This book flips that and says, there's incredible power if you say, I'm going to be happy now, and that will lead to my success. And there's been study after study after study that prove that if you decide to be happy right now in this moment, no matter what the outcome is, you're gonna, your performance is going to go way up. You're going to excel. You're going to be more open to possibilities. And it gives you that advantage. And you know, Tony Robbins calls it fulfillment. You know, you see all of these people, these celebrities that we sometimes um, envy because of their quote unquote lifestyle that they get to live, the, the lifestyle of the rich and famous, you know, many of them are miserable. I think of this, this couple that I just saw them in the news. They're uh, a popular couple from Southern California flipping houses and they've made a ton of money off of this show and they've sold you know, millions of dollars in courses. And, you know, here they are with all of this fame, this fortune, seven years later, divorced, you know. And money and fame and fortune, they don't guarantee you anything. They, they if you weren't, Mark Cuban said just recently about the, he was interviewed about the $1.5 billion Powerball lottery that's um, coming, that's getting rolled this, this Friday or Wednesday. And he said that um, if if you weren't happy before winning the Powerball, you're not going to be happy happy afterwards. And he said if you were happy before winning all that money, life's just going to get easier. And so for me, what fulfills me is being able to develop the greatness that each one of my four kids has within them. And to show them and to teach them that they can accomplish anything that they put their mind to and to support their dreams and to breathe life into that and to do the same thing for myself and my wife and to breathe life into our dreams and to design the life that we want to have and not just, you know, go with the flow. If I'm going with the flow, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be happy. But if I have a little bit of a design or control over where I'm going and what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, I feel free there and I feel fulfilled there. So freedom is fulfillment ultimately. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's like Dan Pink said, the, uh, the motiv- motivating, most people's motivating factors is, you know, purpose, having a purpose, having a mastery, having something that you're good at, and then having autonomy, you know, having, you know, uh, the, the choice, the, over your schedule, you know? Right. So, so I noticed you said earlier, and, and so those are motivating factors. But that relationships kind of too make us fulfilled relationships with others for me. Like I am not a lone wolf. I, I No, I don't think anybody truly you know, is. I, I crave relationship and right. not just like surface level relationship. Like, Hey, how you doing? Like deep, intimate, personal, vulnerable, authentic relationships. Those are where you can really have an impact on someone and in someone and they can have an impact on you. Absolutely. Yeah. So you said something a minute ago that struck me. Uh, You said, if you decide to be happy, and I know that, you know, so much of our attitude controls our destiny and, uh, you know, our mindset, we have the power over shifting that. Um, How would you, what are some things, and we kind of just talked about them, but what are some things some, some maybe practical tips or, or just ways that you can decide to be happy. I mean, for a lot of people that might sound kind of, yeah, I mean, it's like psychobabble, you know, choose to be happy, you know, sure. I can choose to be happy. Like I can choose to go to the freezer and get a frozen burrito and put it in the microwave for a few minutes. Right. Instant, instant happiness. You know, people don't, don't buy that, but it's real. Okay. 
And here's the thing. This week's guest, Dr. Jim Affermo, one of the things he said is that life is meant to test you, not praise you. And when you acknowledge that you're going to face adversity, that things aren't meant to come easy to you, and that you have the potential to overcome anything, that's empowering. And if you believe that, then you can stand on two firm, solid feet and face any adversity with a positive outlook. And you can say, I'm choosing. And it's like a building a muscle. It's not going to something that you're going to, that is instantly going to be like, bam, you know, like, like Emerald, you know, throwing the bam into his dishes, you know, whatever. But it's going to be like building a muscle and it takes time. And there's going to be times where you're going to overdo it and times where you're going to, you're going to skip the gym for three weeks and you're going to choose to be miserable and you're going to choose to have your misery impact those that you're around. But if you choose to be content and focus on what you can control, Justice, can you control traffic? Sometimes. <laughs> With your superpower. Right? Um, but no, it's, you can't control traffic. Traffic sucks. Everybody hates traffic. It's universal. And yet we cannot control it. The only thing you can, tr- can control is, is not your, getting on the road. Is your attitude in that point. You know, or, or just staying home and, and not venturing out anywhere. Right, right. right? And, but the only thing you can control is your response right. to that, that scenario. And Viktor Frankl talked about the importance in, in The Man's Search for Meaning about that space that momentary space between the stimulus and the response. And that space between those two outcomes can be heaven or it can be hell. And which do you want? I want heaven. Yeah, absolutely. You have a lot of uh, you have a lot of wisdom. You have great answers to all these things. You you know you said you're you're very well read. Um, what are the biggest lessons that you've learned? Throughout the podcast, um, just interviewing people and all of your guests. Oh man, there there's just so much. You know, one of the things I've learned uh, from the podcast actually came from a listener. She had reached out to me, and on her Twitter or Facebook, a little caption said that she was an impatient optimist, and I loved that. And I'm like, boom, I identify with that. I want things to happen like right now. I'm so pumped about it. I want my show to be, you know, 2 million downloads a month, you know, because like everybody else, I want to go from here to there like tomorrow, right? And I'm impatient about it. But I'm cognizant of that, more cognizant now than I was when I started. I hadn't even heard the phrase impatient optimist prior to doing this podcast. And I think Bill Gates coined that phrase. So I've, I've learned that we have to be oriented toward others. Okay. That, that what the actions that we take in life, whether it be growing a business, going to the gym, whatever it is, it's got to ultimately be oriented, oriented to others. Because that's where we're going to have the biggest impact. And, and Bob Berg talks about the, the, the five laws of stratospheric success. And they're all, they all have to do with being oriented toward others. An interview that I had with Tom Bilyeu, the uh, CEO of Quest Nutrition, he helped grow a company to a billion dollars in like, you know, three short years. And it's all about addressing your limiting beliefs. We all have limiting beliefs. We've been told that we can't do something, that we're only going to be mediocre, that we're only going to be average. And that's a lie. I remember in high school, a very important member of the community in the high school, in the administration, telling me that I would never amount to anything and that I, would, that I shouldn't go to college it still stings to this day. People have no idea 
how the words that they speak to others and the words that they speak to themselves, the magnitude of the impact that it has. Now, one of the differences between me and a lot of other people is that I didn't receive what that guy said. I used it as fuel to the flame to prove him wrong. And I didn't necessarily always move in the right directions with that fuel, but nevertheless, I didn't just wither up and, and give, give in, okay? I fought. I'm a fighter, and, and I'm not going to go down without a fight. But I, I have been told throughout my life fed lies that I have adopted and that have become part of my internal narrative that have impacted the way that I see the world, the way that I see myself, and the way that I see my potential. And the universal truth that all of these guests have helped draw out of me is that those things are all strengths, not weaknesses. And we can take our limiting beliefs and overcome them by using goal setting, by building a, a tribe of, of trusted uh, advisors and by uh, writing things down and taking small steps and not being overwhelmed by the process. To, uh, Kelly Starrett, who is in uh, episode 24, founder of uh, San Francisco CrossFit and MobilityWad.com, talked about decision fatigue. You know, we have this, this current reality that we're stuck in and we have a future reality that we want to be in. And there's this gigantic chasm between the two. And it prevents us from taking action. Because at the end of the day, we're, looking, we're afraid of looking like a fool. Justice, you're afraid that if your invention doesn't succeed, you're going to look like a fool so you don't take action. There's people listening to this conversation right now that are having that dialogue right now. I'm, af- I'm not going to do this because I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to fail. And if I fail, I'm going to look like a fool and everybody's going to say, I told you so. And you know what? If you fail, Mr. and Mrs. Listener, somebody is going to tell you, I told you so. But guess what? On the flip side, if you succeed, there's going to be more people that are going to say, I told you so. I told you you could succeed, that you could do this. If you surround yourself with the people that are going to lift you up and not tear you down. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned a handful of things that, uh, some commonalities from your guests in uh, goal setting, having a tribe around you, you know, setting small achievable, you know, steps along the way to achieve those. Would you say that those three things kind of sum up some of the most common things that you've learned from your guests or attributes that they have? Yeah, I would say that all of my guests have experienced great deals of adversity that have woken them up to their greatness. And one that comes to, comes to mind, you mentioned him earlier, is Brian Dickinson, who uh, went blind at the top of Mount Everest and had to descend all the way down blind and nearly died. And it was the adversity that he experienced in training to be a pararescue in the Navy, where they drown you basically every day and as part of their training, that equipped him with the mental toughness and the mental fortitude to not panic, number one, when he went blind up at the top of Mount Everest by himself. And number two, gave him the ability to just keep moving. He says that those two things, in addition to the power of prayer, saved him on that mountain. He, he never felt alone. He didn't panic. And he kept moving. And those things kept him alive. And it's the same thing, whether it's a, somebody at Mount Everest whether it's Cameron Harold building $100 million companies, whether it's Tom Bilyeu building Quest Nutrition or his new venture, whether it's Bob Berg, whether it's Juliet Starrett or Jim Affermau or any of these amazing, yourself, any of these amazing people I've had on this show, 
ultimately their adversity and their ability to embrace that adversity, embrace the suck, and being willing to suffer for something has led them and equipped them and built them up to a point where they're able to do the great things that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Speaking of great things, where, what is your goal? What is your ambition? Where is this show going? What do you see for yourself? Honestly, I'm, I'm still kind of figuring that out to be, to be really honest. I definitely see the potential for a a book as a result of, of this show. That's kind of why I've begun to tailor the show into these series that are almost like chapters, if you will. I definitely have a passion for having an impact in the lives of others and helping them specifically identify their greatness and equip them with the tools to go out and conquer whatever it is that they're meant to conquer. And that is something that I'm passionate about. And by the way, everybody's listening. The definition, the actual meaning of passion is being willing to suffer for something. So I'm willing to suffer for that. I'm willing to make the sacrifices to help people realize that they don't have to live down at the bottom of their feet. They can live so far above what they think they're capable of doing. Awesome. One last question. Thank you so much for being on this show, Mike. Uh, How will you, Mike Flynn, measure your life? Oh, I didn't expect this question. I thought you were going to use the a different question. I haven't I haven't used this question in a while. It's a it's a doozy of a question. When I sit back and I reflect on on the end of my life, I'll, I'll go to the same place that Aaron Hine, the founder of Life A Beverage Company, um, and earlier guest on the show. You know, he he mentioned you know how many people were at his funeral and what they might say about him and how they celebrated his life. And it's the same thing for me. You know, I would measure my life by the number of people that came to my funeral and the things that they said to my wife and children and in particular to my kids. Uh, Because there's always that thing as a kid looking at your parent where there's this mystery and you know that they've done some cool things and they've had an impact, but you don't know to the degree. You know, there's always that mystery. You don't know whose life they've actually touched. And so I would like that to be shared with my kids at some point. And that would, even though I wouldn't be there to experience it, I know that it would happen. And so this is a, a battle cry to to myself and to all, everybody on the show, to you, to listening to the show, to you, Justice, that to not wait till somebody's funeral to tell them the impact that they've had on you. The impact of your kind words today, you have no idea the butterfly effect that they could have tomorrow. And it's an amazing thing to consciously tell somebody thank you and to communicate the impact that they've had. So I encourage everybody listening to take a moment, craft an email, better yet, call someone, or even better yet, get in your car and drive to that person, knock on their door and say, I love you, say thank you, say, I forgive you, ask for forgiveness Tell them about the impact that they've had in your life and what you're going to do with it. Because ultimately, that is the, the best measure, is what somebody does with the gift that they've been given. That's awesome. That's an amazing close. When you started saying, you know, with your goals, all of your goals, you want to uh, make sure that they have a... Uh, you know, they're beneficial towards other people, whether you're giving to other people. And then just to wrap up by saying, you know, exhorting people to, you know, to, to use their voice powerfully to encourage and, and lift up other people. Mike, you're doing that. You've been an encouragement to me personally through my ventures, um, through your podcast. And, you know, I know your listeners will resonate with that. 
And, you know, I'm super excited for what what's next to come for you. Super excited for you now. And uh, I want to read that book. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Justice. This was really fun. One thing I, I do want to say, too, is I want to give a little bit of a shout out to my mom and dad uh, who have been big time supporters of me and just in life in general, but also in, in this show. And my dad in particular, who who is an amazing human being and sacrifices more than he should for, for everybody that he comes in contact with. And he's one of the most generous people on the planet. And even though we don't always see eye to eye, I love him and I appreciate his counsel and support. And he's definitely one of my most important mentors in life. So thanks, Dad. Awesome. Thanks, and Mike. Mom. <laughs> Thank you, Justice, for being an awesome host and asking some great questions. I hope those of you who tuned in found my thoughts and my story to be valuable to you in terms of how you can take action and take the next best step toward achieving that thing, that goal, that idea that's been sitting inside of you for so long. Let me know if you found value in our conversation by hitting me up on Facebook or Twitter. You can find all of the links to those that information in the show notes. But I wanted to give you a little bit of an insider's tip into what I have planned for 2017. And I have some cool series planned for you. We're going to get things kicked off with the series on getting started. I figured it fits well with the theme of a new year, a new you, and time to take new action. But additional series coming up in 2017 include topics on disruption, courage, happiness, the artist mindset, winning, and more. Thank you so much for journeying with me these past few months. It is an honor and a privilege to serve you in this way, and I want to acknowledge you for the greatness that you have within you, and this year is going to be a new year for you to do great things and to accomplish the goals and dreams that you have set before you. Next week, you will hear a compilation of some of the highlights of the last 38 episodes. Last and certainly not least, I want to say thank you to the Lawton Marketing Group for being a faithful supporter of the show and for the entire Podcast Masters team. This couldn't happen without you. Now go make an impact.